there are statistics about recent uh, homeownership that that overall in the United States, uh, something like 40% of black people own their own homes compared to 70 to 80% of white families. There's also a difference in incarceration rates for crimes that black people are sentenced to longer incarceration rates and are at greater fines for things like drug use and so on and so forth. These are not things that are perpetrated by individuals who are trying to be prejudiced against African-Americans. These are just systemic facts of the American system that are biased and, and the victims or the people who are who are hurt by these policies are the minorities and people of color or African-Americans. And what conservatives like myself often argue, it's about instead of looking at yourself as a victim or instead of looking at your racial history as victimization, pick yourselves up from your bootstraps and find a way to be, uh, make yourself better and more productive to society. During my days in the United States, when I applied for funding, for instance, I lost to somebody who's doing CRT, I think and I'm doing developing countries industrialization research. So in some ways, it's been sort of bented towards that CRT funding for decades now. And I don't think that's a fair game because when you put too much money into supporting one kind of theory, it really leads to some problems because you have other parties who are having different ideas feeling that they're being disadvantaged. And different interest groups, different parties have different ideas to strike a balance in the future is very difficult. And I think the U.S. will show us, as the world's uh, you know, leading country will show us whether or not they can achieve that. And hopefully they can achieve that. The Chat Lounge. Chat Lounge. Chat Lounge. The Chat Lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way. Welcome to the Chat Lounge. I'm Tuyun. Joining our chat on the ban on critical race theory in an increasing number of U.S. schools are Dr. Zhao Hai, Research Fellow at the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences, David Moser, an Associate Professor at Beijing Capital Normal University, and author and commentator Thomas Paugen II. Welcome to you all. Well, the subject of our discussion, um, the critical race theory, might show new to most people who are not familiar with the education system in the U.S. The reason why we are talking about it today is that an increasing number of states in the U.S. are banning the theory in schools, which some argue could result in whitewashing U.S. history, including ignoring more than 400 years of African slavery and redacting the Chinese Exclusion Act and the U.S. society could be further divided. So before we discuss the likelihood of such a scenario, let's first explain what critical race theory, also known as the CRT, means. Maybe we can start with uh, David. As an educator who was educated in the United States, can you tell us what critical race theory is and what was its aim at, at the very beginning? Uh, well, at the very beginning, it was actually uh, not something that was instigated in the schools, especially not in the elementary schools. It was very much a, a uh, academic theory that was developed by some uh, theorists during the 1960s after the, 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 uh, the, in, the moves towards integrating society. And many of these people had noticed that there had not been any, any improvement in the, in the plight of minorities and African-American. And uh, 
some legal scholars, notably Derek Bell, who's, who's been virtually unknown until now, developed this theory called critical race theory. The central idea being that racism is institutionalized and is embedded in, in America's legal system, history, policies, and economic system. And it's a theory that sees the continuing impacts of slavery and segregations in, in, in America and critiques sort of how these institutionalized racism perpetuates a kind of continuing uh, institutionalized caste system or a institutionalized bias mm. against uh, African-Americans and other minorities that's not based upon individual racist acts, but systemic overall uh, aspects of the system. So that's what critical race theory is. It was not taught in the schools. It really is not being taught in the in the primary and, and secondary schools at all. It was a very uh, a very theoretical uh, academic notion that was being taught at the highest levels, uh, mostly in legal circles. And it only became famous in the last uh, couple of years after the George Floyd incident. Mm. And it's now become kind of a flashpoint uh, and used on by the extreme right to sort of, yes, I think to sort of... Um, underplay or to deny the fact that what angers them is the notion that the U.S. is is a systemic, fundamentally racist society. And I think that's what angers a lot of the people on the right who are trying to ban it. Mm. You're saying it's not aimed for, uh, you know, school students, but it was integrated in some courses, right? Not really. And even nowadays, the critical race theory as a theory is much too complicated and much too uh, historically informed to be taught to school kids, what people are pointing to are are aspects of teaching teaching um, America's history of ra- segregation and racism, and to teach issues about uh, integration and racist uh, phenomena in society to children in the classroom and to children in, in junior high and high school. And because there is this other thing called critical race theory that overlaps with some of those attempts. Uh, people have accused the school systems of incorporating CRT into their curriculum, which is just, uh, you know, completely ridiculous. The, the, the curriculum would be much too complicated to do that. What they are doing is is inserting elements of the theory uh, on, on a more overall simple basis in teaching history classes and soci- social issues classes. And it's basically, this is just a kind of a panic that, that, that's been put up by right-wing media to to blow it out of proportions and say it's a it's a attempt to indoctrinate and uh, to uh to uh give children the idea that that america is fundamentally evil and racist and that white people are bad mm. and so that's really the right here it's not part of the the actual curriculum but but elements of it are and that's the problem right uh tom what's your findings there or your experience yeah i I did some yeah i checked into it and i did some research recently because uh i've heard a lot about the critical race theory and i mean david moser gave a very academic explanation and i i he's a good friend of mine and i certainly admire his uh explanation but uh, i do disagree that it has i do believe it has been integrated into education curriculum and what I discovered was that when Gov- Florida Governor DeSantis had banned critical race theory from elementary schools, they had used examples of the CRT being used among students. For example, there was apparently common core math that wanted to test you on how racist you were. Were you extreme racist or just little racist? And so you have little things like this 
and that it was the Florida Education Department that had released those examples. So, I mean, I, I know it's not like this is a common thing where they're talking about CRT every day. So, I mean, there is an argument from Moser's side, but it has been implemented. It has been used. And uh, many parents are upset, not because they are far-right extremists, but they're upset that their country is being labeled as racist. They're being labeled as racist. I come from Dallas, Texas, USA. I'm a Republican, but I'm not racist. I have many friends who uh, were you know, came from different backgrounds. And the fact is, is that this this, this notion that somehow America is systemically racist or extremely so, and that's what the CRT people are promoting, is basically why many people are offended and why many parents are showing up at school board meetings when they see this curriculum in place. Tom, do you, have you realized that recently or did you actually notice this when you were in school or when you were well, younger? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously when I was in school, I was, I was fortunate to go to a good uh, Catholic school education and we had posters of Martin Luther King Jr. on our walls and, and President Kennedy. And we were asked to memorize uh, Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. And, and on, you know, Martin Luther King Day and holiday, uh, that time around, we were, you know, supposed to go up in front of uh, our classroom and, and give the speech to show that we had it memorized. Uh, I had great admiration for Martin Luther King Jr. And many of us and the people, the students that I, I grew up with in Dallas had the same feelings. Mm, but you, you don't have or um, feel ashamed or feel upset about the history, right? You're not upset about it. Well, obviously, of course, it's embarrassing. I mean, slavery did happen and we learned about it in our history class. We learned that uh, slavery was definitely wrong and terrible and that it's a shameful, shameful part of America's history. But what we didn't learn was that how awful and racist George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and our founders were and how they were uh, supposedly these evil perpetrators of racism. What we learned on was that our, our country was founded on basic principles of individual liberty rather than this so-called systemic racism institutionalization uh, aspect. Mm, does this kind of a theory necessarily lead to mental distress to um, the group rate, uh, such as white people? I, I bet um, David got a different um, feelings there. Sure. Uh, let him address it and, then I, and I can respond. Uh, well, <clears throat> I, when I grew up, there, um, America was still pretty segregated, although it was in the 60s and there was the beginnings of, of civil rights movements. Mm -hmm. um, I also grew up in the Midwest, not not Texas, but Oklahoma, uh, Kansas and other mid Midwest states. Um, most of them were segregated, uh, if not by law, then at least just the fact that white people and black people lived in different uh, parts of the country. But... Um, no, I had uh, hist a, a history teacher, a couple history teachers, one in my in junior high that actually told us in class that uh, that in fact uh, that the slave owners were not cruel or you know abusive to their slaves because mm. it was their property and it was the way they made money. So actually slaves were quite treated quite well. And this was actually part, something she told us in class and that we had to actually put down on the test. As one of the questions. Now, I think she was an outlier. I think she she was probably one who was uh, not very enlightened. But no, I mean the 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 issue of critical race theory was really not something that was talked about. Um, 
there were, you know, um, issues of, you know, Martin Luther King was put up there, as as Tom said, on the wall alongside President Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but but America back then, uh, the, the thing about the s- systemic racism is it's not a matter of of whether or not people in the United States are racist. Mm-hmm. It's a matter that be- because of the way that the, because of the legacy of slavery, there is a legacy that affects uh, the uh, African-Americans, especially disproportionately. There's things like generational wealth, for example, that if your parents are, have money, then you're, you're probably your grandparents had money and you're probably your gra- great-grandparents had money. Mm-hmm. For people who are the, the, the descendants of slaves, that's not the case. And so they, they have, for example, um, there, there, there are statistics about recent uh, homeownership that, that overall in the United States, uh, something like 40% of black people own their own homes compared to 70 to 80% of white families. Um, there's also a difference in incarceration rates for crimes that, that black people are sentenced to longer uh, incarceration rates and are, are, are at greater fines for things like drug use and so on and so forth. These are not things that are perpetrated by individuals who are trying to be prejudiced against African-Americans. Mm-hmm. These are just systemic facts of the American system that are biased and the victims or the people who are uh, hurt by these policies are the minorities and mm. people of color are African-Americans. And uh, so I think there's misunderstanding and there's a kind of a sort of a uh, hysteria on the part of the right-wing media that actually CRT, critical race theory, doesn't state that America is a racist country in the sense that people are racist. Mm-hmm. They say it's an American, it's a racist country because of s- systems that have been, uh, have lots of inertia within the within the uh, constitution and within the, the legal system and also just in the, the class system that is that is very hard to change as people who are poor class is very hard for them to have upward mobility. So that's the issue. That that's the issue that CRT is trying to uh, address. Mm. But many people have taken the sort of the wrong message that that somehow white people are evil and that the founding fathers were evil, even though they owned slaves. That was normal back then, right? So I think there's a lot of historic hysteria on both sides, and probably you're going to hear it. Today, because I think Tom probably listens to right-wing media more than I do, and I tend to listen to left-wing media, and so you have the you have the political divide right here on your show, is my guess. Well, but I have this feeling, it might be um, because of the way the idea was taught to students, but we'll come to um, the reason behind it um, later in the show. But as uh, David mentioned, this theory didn't become a issue or a, a mainstream topic until recent years. So, uh, Dr. Zhao, as a um, bystander, from your observation, what led to such a phenomenon? I think I'm not really a bystander in this case. <laughs> I think um, I lived in the you know, south side of Chicago for uh-huh. like 10 years. I know firsthand, uh, you know, how segregation works. And it's a reality in the United States where, you know, you have community after community in large cities that are over 90% black. And uh, in those communities, you have poverty, you have unemployment, you have all kinds of crimes, very high crimes and very low uh, rate of home ownership, education. So I think the systematic or systemic uh, or institutionalized racism really exists in the United States. However, the question is not whether or not we face it, uh, the whether or not that really exists but how do we do about it? 
And in the, in the United States, I think there are two very polarized views of how to deal with that reality. You know, during my time at the University of Chicago, I experienced the rise of the CRT in the classrooms uh, because it's a very, actually a very fashionable uh, new academic uh, theory and ideas that, uh, you know, uh, students and teachers wanted to explore in the classroom. And that theory is an outspring of uh, originally Marxist ideology there are, it's kind of growing out of the branch of uh, some of the very interesting Marxist ideas. Uh, people like Gramsci and uh, W.E.B. Du Bois uh, have all kinds of contributions to the development of critical theory. Mm. And after that, in the, in the law school, people started to develop this uh, critical uh, race theory, and it grew into other disciplines like uh, sociology, uh, like, uh, you know, anthropology, mm -hmm. and, all, and spread into history and almost all the humanitarian, and, uh, I mean, uh, uh, social scientist uh, mm -hmm. disciplines. So it's very widespread, integrated in all kinds of uh, classroom discussions. So let, let me say that this is a very complicated theory. I agree with David that this is cannot be simplified and taught directly to elementary school or uh, middle school students. Mm. However, on the other hand, activists have integrated some of those ideas and try to implement that into real life activities, including, for instance, the reform of the jail system in the United States, or admission to undergraduate admission to the uh, 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 private universities like Harvard, uh, like Yale. And so that created a lot of uh, discussions and also a lot of uh, disputes in American society, which leads to further and further division. And then when the time comes with police brutality, particularly the uh, the uh, murder of George uh, Floyd, and then you have the explosion of uh, the uh, support and criticism of CRT and, and the emergence of Black uh, Lives Matters, for instance. Mm -hmm. So I think at this juncture, it's very hard to have a to, to discuss the CRT events with a very calm uh, sort of attitude, because this is a very emotionally charged topic instead of a classroom discussion of a very deep thought theory. So I I would say that when we deal with this kind of uh, issues, and particularly at this moment, it's been so politicized, we need to understand the political motivation of this. Why do Republicans in particular wanted to ban the theory in the classroom? And why do some of the left-wing politicians and activists wanted to promote this theory in the public. Uh, I think that's the, the, the thing that we need to focus on. The Chat Lounge. The Chat Lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way. Then why do you think uh, some people want CRT-related content to be, you know, removed from textbooks, as you just mentioned? Yeah, um, I, I think it's, uh, you know, because the rise of the identity politics in the past uh, 20, 30 years in the United States has created more and more polarization in the society. And in order to mobilize your voters, one of the most important thing is to have the identity war uh, on your side. You have the right argument to have, you know, to, to rein up your people to support your argument. And one of the things that can galvanize to unite people on the right to, you know, vote for their candidate is to say that to point fingers at the people who are actually wanted to bring destruction of the current system. And the CRT is a very destructive theory it, because critical theory is postmodernism. 
And postmodernism is very good at destructing uh, the dominant narrative. And mm -hmm. the dominant narrative is saying that uh, some of the people, particularly on the right, is saying that, oh, right now, the U.S. after civil rights movement have already progressed into a, a colorblind society. So there's no longer racist problems. And if you wanted to bring this up again and again, that means you're, you want to benefit from the race argument in the United States. So I think from the right to attack uh, CRT is to their advantage, particularly to the white community, uh, to deny that anyone is racist. Because uh, like President Trump, he can claim that he, have, uh, he has a lot of black uh, friends and therefore he's not a racist. Same thing that individually, just like David pointed out, uh, it's very hard to point fingers at any, any white person to say that he's racist. However, there's, if you look at the numbers, the data, it, there really exists a systemic sort of division between uh, the white and, and black people, mostly because of their income. And if you look at the current things that happened in the, in the United States during the pandemic, most people, I mean, disproportionately people uh, from the black community died because of the pandemic. So that point fingers further to the real existence of racism, but the interpretation from the left and right are completely different. Mm. So I think in a way, this is really a mechanism to mobilize political support in American uh, domestic politics, rather than really sit down to have a fair discussion of the issue at hand. But for now, do you think it's wise to uh, remove such uh, element from, uh, you know, schools? You just mentioned it. such kind of debate actually um, has led to further division or political division in U.S. society. Is I, it think we're, I think we're in a post-truth society. Mm. It's, very, uh, it's very hard to distinguish what's right and what's wrong because <laughs> we're in this different uh, information cocoon. So, for instance... Do you need to wear face masks mm. during the, the pandemic? In the United States, almost half of the states are saying, no, you don't need to, that, to, to wear uh, face masks. And, and the uh, uh, pandemic's not causing that much death that requires such a, a, a mandate. However, in other states, like Democrats, most of the Democratic states, and particularly from the federal level, because it's under control of Democrats, it mandates uh, a lot of face mask requirements and, and even encouraging a lot more uh, vaccination. So I think when you have a different view of reality, of truth, then you have completely different view of the necessity to do certain things. And in the case of CRT, of course, some people are saying that if mer meritocracy is no longer working in school admission, for instance, and it causes a reversed racism against the white people, of course you want to ban the CRT so that it won't affect the young children who see themselves and see society. However, on the other side, when you have a growing number of colored people in your population, the demography changed in many states, and those people want uh, to have social justice, they want uh, to, to change this uh, systemic problem, mm. then of course they wanted to integrate more CRT ideas into their curriculum, into the teachings. So I think it really depends on where you stand and what's your understanding of the social reality. And do you, do you think um, removal of, the, of such theory is um, equivalent to whitewashing U.S. history, as um, some Americans, especially, you know, black Americans are concerned about? I don't think there's an objective history. <laughs> I mean, honestly, there's no history that is, cannot be uh, changed or modified according to certain ideology. 
Um, but as uh, David said, it's just uh, some um, systematic facts of American history. What's not right to be there? Dr. Zhao or, or Tom? Yeah, Tom, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, on, in regards to the whitewashing issue, I, I've learned about the horrors of slavery before CRT uh, became popularized in, in these schools. So, I mean, I don't see this. There's this issue of whitewashing. I think the big issue, and I think David Moser is, is, is correct to address it, is you have income and economic disparities between African-Americans and mm -hmm. whites and Asians that are very significant in America. And I do agree with that as well. I'm from Dallas and South Dallas was where you had the African-Americans. Uh, East Dallas had the Hispanics and North Dallas had the, the white people. There was a huge disparity. But I think what it what the what the better situation is is how to address solutions, how to mm. find a better way. And what conservatives like myself often argue, it's about how instead of looking at yourself as a victim, or instead of looking at your your racial history as victimization, pick yourselves up from your bootstraps and find a way to be uh, make yourself better and more productive to society. One of my favorite books that I've ever read was the, bio, the autobiography of George Washington Carver. I just double checked it on my computer right now. And George Washington Carver to me was a very amazing man because basically he, he came up from nothing and he built the Tuskegee Institute and then wrote a book about it and how he was at one time invited to Harvard when there were no people as such as African-Americans allowed to visit places like Harvard. So to me, this guy was an amazing man. And what he was teaching at Tuskegee Institute was instead of complaining about your family history or you got nothing, just learn job skills, focus on job skills, learn and improve your academics, improve your mind, and then you can improve your chances for a better career. So I believe people like George Washington Carver uh, had set good examples for ways to improve the uh, economic opportunities of many African-Americans. And many African-Americans are very successful in the U.S. today. You have Ebony Magazine. The owner there is a billionaire, from what I understand, and that there are a few, a few other billionaires who are African-American. And many of them, when you ask them how they became successful, it was because they worked hard. They they didn't rely on the CRT to to make them billionaires. Mm -hmm. I understand what you said. That's why some some people suggest that it's not about whether CRT is right or wrong. It's just about how you teach this idea or the theory to uh, the students from a you know positive point of view or from a negative point of view. So, but what's happening now is an increasing number of. Um, States, uh, especially Republican states, are introducing such kind of anti-CRT legislation. So one very obvious impact, I would say, is that uh, some teachers, if they don't know whether this is in contradiction to the CRT legislation, the teacher would rather not introduce this history or some historical facts does that sound a problem to you, Tom? 
If there, first of all, civil rights happened because there were major issues of racism long time ago in America, and historically, I, most schools for for the past few decades, maybe not forever, but at least for recent decades, have taught that the civil rights movement was a good thing, that the pre-civil rights age where where African Americans were segregated, and and Hispanics. I'm Hispanic as well, by the way, so I I, I have some skin in this game. And the fact is, is yes, there was a time when there was severe racism, and we've addressed that. But in, in the minds of many conservatives, we see that civil rights was a positive impact. And it's sort of like, let's just move on and focus on how now that all races have equal opportunity. Mm. We have equal opportunities in employment and uh, in, in the market. And we can go to any shops or restaurants we wish uh, based on whether we want to go there or not not we can't be refused or denied entrance based on the colors the color of our skin so i you know we're not denying that there was racism in in american history what Mm. the issue is is that we're supposed to feel guilty or we're supposed to feel as if we're going you know for that my maybe perhaps uh some of our great 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 grandfather had a slave and i'm supposed to feel guilt or somehow pay reparations for that uh, that's what I'm going to say. Wait a minute. You know, I, I was not involved in that. Um, I, I, am not a slave owner. My, my parents were not slave owners. That was centuries, you know, that was centuries ago. Uh, this idea that I'm supposed to feel guilt. I'm sorry. I, you know, if I didn't do it, why should I feel guilt? Yeah. If you didn't or don't feel guilt or shame, uh, why do you think others would uh, feel the same in such a way? I mean, I think there are some people who do take this CRT very seriously and they, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit uh, awkward because it's, it's known as white guilt, okay, that there was a time when America was racist and that they feel some sense of shame. I agree that this was, a, was, was not good and that, that the racism was not something to, that was a, something to be proud of in our American history. But what I'm addressing is, is don't ask me or other people who are not involved to feel a sense of guilt. David, your response. Well, um, I think you're, you can hear some of the tensions here just mm-hmm. in this conversation. Yeah. And I think that, uh, uh, by the way, uh, Zhao Hai has an amazing grasp of American uh, culture and history, yeah. I would say. I mean, he, he, he's actually a great person to talk about America because he sees it from the inside and the out. So it's good to hear his comments. Um, but yes, uh, there's a fine line between uh, f- between acknowledging that your particular race has has had advantages uh, through the centuries due to simply the fact that uh, of your skin color, mm. and other people have suffered. There's a thin line between acknowledging that and understanding that, and feeling guilt. And I, I do understand Tom's feeling that you know sometimes. Uh, the, the the rhetoric uh, on the on the on the on the side of the CRT and the left side is can seem to be sort of um, inflammatory that it's somehow blaming like white white people you're 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 to fa- you're to blame for all of this, mm. but this this is precisely the 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 case that Zhao Hai is making these these issues are so so sensitive and so polarized at, at the moment that there's it's very hard to get some common sense realization and some common sense uh, assessment of the situation. Mm. Uh, for me personally, uh, you know, I grew up in a white middle class environment. Uh, 
uh, I was, you know, blissfully ignorant of any sorts of kind of racist situations that might happen until I, in college, began to play uh, soul music in in some all-black uh, bands mm -hmm. and began to see some of this firsthand. Um, but I, I'm well aware that my parents were well off and they're not, or at least middle class, and so were their parents, and so were their parents' parents. And I'm the leg. Uh, that's part of my legacy. The reason I was able to so easily get into college, uh, get a degree, uh, you know, uh, be able to have uh, a car and 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 a good job and so forth, uh, has a lot to do with my background, mm -hmm. which I didn't have anything to do with. And the fact that some of the people in my peers who who were African American or or of different backgrounds who struggled, or even some who faltered and, and fell into, you know, uh, entering into crime in order to survive, that that's not their fault either. They they that this is a legacy they were born in. This doesn't mean that I personally have to feel guilty about it, mm. but it's something that we have to acknowledge. Right. And also, I think. Uh, I think that Tom makes a little bit of a mistake in saying, look, we had this civil rights movement. It was good. We now have laws on the books that protect, um, you know, people of color. But but the, the the very one of the points and the sensitive points of CRT is that, yes, we do have laws on the books. And yes, things are better. We all agree with that. But there is still systemic racism in the system, which is very inbred and hard to get rid of. And a great example of that is gerrymandering, which is something both parties do. But one of the things that political pundits do on the on the right is try to to create these voting areas that that sort of systematically exclude or downplay the role of African American votes or votes of color. Mm. Now that's kind of open; everyone kind of knows about it. There was even a recent case where a federal appeals court struck down a map of the legislative districts of, of the Republican majority in, I think it was North Carolina state leg legislature. And the judge said that this, this profound, this gerrymandered map had targeted African-American citizens with a quote, almost surgical precision. So there's a case where somebody did that and, the, and it was the Republican legislature, probably not because they were necessarily racist, but they just wanted to win. Mm. <laughs> they just wanted to have their the, their voters be able to to vote them in. And the, the, and the uh, African-Americans were not going to vote as in as much for Republicans as they were the Democrats. So it's more of a power play than a, than, a, than racism. But yet there it is. The, the gerrymandering is, is a fact of the structure of the voting system. And it's it's part of the systemic bias, racism, meaning the people, even if you take advantage of your rights to, to vote, as now as now that African-Americans have that, and you take advantage of it and you cast your ballot, but then it doesn't count as, as much because the system is rigged against you. And there are many, many, many examples of this. You know, there are examples where white people are discriminated against, too, for various reasons, too. Mm. So it's a complex situation, as Zhao Hai says. It's very complicated. To solve it, we need clear thinking and we need to have some cool discussions on what the right way to do it is because, you know, there's going to be winners and losers no matter what you do. And I think, but I think that, you know, right now we're in such a polarized media environment mm -hmm. that you, you almost can't even raise any sensible solution without getting pushback from the other side. And then we both villainize each other. And the result is nothing happens and there's hard feelings and it just gets worse. So mm. it's kind of a tragedy of American culture right now that we're in this polarized situation because it doesn't solve the problems that we need to get solved. The Chat Lounge.
The Chat Lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way. Mm, I seem to um, uh, understand a little bit more about this uh, idea. Actually, I was not so familiar with this concept of um, critical race theory either. But um, when you know, reading about stories of uh, some Republican states trying to uh, revise school courses or trying to ban this theory in school, as a Chinese, you know, some Chinese people, as me, um, would likely, you know, think of the moves taken by the Japanese education authorities to, you know, intentionally rewrite or erase um, the atrocious actions of the Japanese imperialists. But uh, Dr. Zhao, do you think it's, um, you know, it's a, a right approach to this issue from, um, you said you're not an outsider, but from an outsider view? Well, personally, I think, I, I think this is wrong. Uh, mm -hmm. but, let, but let me explain. I think, first of all, we have to uh, differentiate uh, CRT as a theory, as an academic construct, mm -hmm. and CRT as a political issue. These are very different things. Uh, I think both Tom and David understand this. Right. Because on the one hand, CRT is, like, like I said, is growing out of social science, very complex social science theory. It dealt with actually uh, the very problem of liberalism, mm. which actually uh, Tom has said it clearly that from the individual level, of course, you can struggle, you can uh, build up yourself as successful man and woman in society. That's no problem. CRT is actually dealing with more widespread social problem, which means that the race is a social construct uh, upon which, you know, uh, societies, laws, economic and political systems are built upon. Mm. Therefore, individual even, I mean, you can have uh, black billionaires, whatever, but overall, the majority of black people have been discriminated against in the legal, political, economic system. So that's the, the thing from a theory perspective. However, on political side, it's very complicated. It's a rabbit hole if you go down there. For instance, I'll give you one example. During the Black Lives Matter, one key issue is called defunct, uh, the defunct police, right? Mm -hmm. you hear, we all hear about this. On the one hand, if you, according to the theory, that police system is systematically uh, discriminating and actually persecuting black people. Mm -hmm. So therefore, uh, some people are suggesting we need to uh, reduce the funding for police uh, officers, for, for the whole police force. Mm. But the reality is black communities suffer the most from the lack of police protection. If you reduce police uh, presence, then the crime rate seems to be going up and the problem se seems to be going worse. So again, the political solution may not be the right solution, even, even if you citing uh, CRT as somehow the idea backing that solution. So I think some of, in many cases, uh, activists, extreme activists on the left are using CRT as a shield or as a base to advance their political agenda. However, mm. that agenda is inviting backlash from the right community, from the people uh, of the uh, uh, extreme right and attacking them for disrupting and actually causing more racism in the society. So again, I, I totally agree with David that this is a very sensitive issue to find the right balance and the, the correct solution is very, very difficult. It requires a lot of research and a very surgical precision of political maneuvering and a good agenda. Right now, I don't think either people on the left or the right 
uh, are having the right solution. Mm. And banning, particularly the CRT teaching in schools, is a non-starter because, as David said already, it's not really integrated in in the agenda of the uh, primary and secondary schools. Uh, so just banning it is actually and hindering the freedom of speech. Mm. If you can ban CRT, are you going to ban Marxism? Are you going to ban uh, other teachings? Any controversial theory can be banned. So I think what we need is a fair and open and constructive discussion of the issue instead of just purely say, okay, we need to lock that in the locker uh, and you know, asking people not to discuss it. Mm. It's not going to solve the problem, only making the problem worse. I, I just wanted to add an example to Zhao Hai's statement. You know, Yes, the, the, the people who are teaching um, the, the history of, of uh, discrimination, racism, slavery, etc., may have well intentions that they, they, they want, they think that, you know, the kids need to know this history and they need to understand it and you need to teach it mm. vividly and creatively, of course, as any teacher would want to do. But then people sometimes do crazy things. They go, they go too far or they do ill-advised or ridiculous uh, sorts of uh, educational uh, methods, use, use methods that are, that are doubtful. I mean, I grew up and there were so many bad teachers I had that would just teach in ridiculously insane ways. And, no, and, you know, people who are trying to teach these issues are no different. And so they will do things like, yes, they will say, put all the white kids on one side of the room and all the people of color on the other side of the room. And then you play a game where, you know, we discriminate against you and now you feel bad, right? Ha ha ha. Mm -hmm. And th this is, this, this, of course, this gets, maybe it's only one teacher in one school system in an entire state who did that. But then that's, this suddenly gets all the attention. And of course, parents get outraged. I would too, if, if my kid were in that classroom, mm. they'd say, this is ridiculous. What are you doing this for third graders? Right. They can't possibly understand what you're talking about. So I think it, there, it's, Zhao Hai is right. I mean, it is, there is backlash that is legitimate on the right because they're, because, but partly because these, these, these other cases where people really go way too far get blown up in the press and the media and they become the talking points. Um, yeah, so it's a big problem. You go too far either way, and you're going to just create the more of a, a firestorm. Mm. Tom. Well, th well, that but the problem is, is that the frequent extremism from the left side has happened quite often, and it's not as minimized as what Moser may say. And that's, I mean, that's that's fine with with him, and I understand his philosophy, and and it's nice sometimes. But, uh, you know, the thing is, is sometimes I see some of the CRT theories and to me, there's also a sense of uh, there's a sense of systemic racism as well, even from that side. For example, I remember one time I came across an article, I think it was in high school. This could have been 10, 20 years ago. But in the Oakland, uh, Oakland uh, schools wanted to teach a thing called Ebonics. Their theory goes is that uh, blacks were having trouble, African-Americans, excuse me, were having trouble learning grammar, correct grammar. So they decided to teach Ebonics instead so that African-Americans would not feel bad about having bad grammar. Well, to me, that sounds a bit racist already because it's saying that African-Americans are incapable of learning a certain skill. Mm -hmm. And obviously grammar is a very important thing. Now this was 10, 20 years ago. This was before CRT was popularized. No telling what has been taught since in some of the classrooms. But I also know that the reason there's been outrage is not because of the Republican party, 
but it's been because parents have been outraged when they saw their children's textbooks and they saw all of this outrageous CRT theories being put into the practice in the classroom. And then they discovered that many of their teachers were pro-Black broke uh, Lives Matters uh, activists. Uh, so they were very shocked about this. And this is how the Virginia, and it turned around the elections for Virginia governor. And Virginia has become a Republican state on account of issues like this. So there has been many cases of extremism from the left side. And let's not, you know, and also when it comes to gerrymandering, the Democrat Party has been the masters of gerrymandering for many, many long decades. This is not a you know, the, the Democrats are not innocent on gerrymandering either. Mm. I, I understand your point, Tom, but do you uh, agree that, um, you know, probably the, the action or the move taken by Republican states or some Republican states rushing to this action of uh, removing CRT from um, textbooks, but like uh, what Dr. Dow just mentioned, what would happen to the freedom um, of speech? You know, do patriotic Americans really want to trash the First Amendment? Does such a concern make any sense to you? The extreme tax is what the concerns are. Obviously, if there's moderate issues, such as slavery is wrong and teaching slavery is wrong, uh, no conservative would have a problem with that. But what happens is CRT goes to a certain extreme level where we're taught to be feel ashamed and guilt for something that we did not, that people in today's society were not part of or did do. So it's about the extremism, okay? It's not about the case of teaching slavery is wrong or teaching that, uh, you know, that mm. we should support, uh, we should fight against racism. There, mm. there, there is no one disputing. No conservative will say that we're supposed to teach, you know, uh, ignore and take out of the textbooks any type of uh, attitude that, you know, promotes racism. We're, that, that's absolutely absurd. Uh, what we're addressing is the extreme issues, you know, using Common Core math to test your levels of racism. I mean, that's just a bit odd. Mm. I remember David mentioned that what's happening right now is more of a power play rather than some racism. So if that's about political struggle or whatever you call it, is this going to lead to a more divisive U.S. society? Tom, maybe you go first. Sure, go. Yeah. And unfortunately, we've been in a divisive society. To and be it's further been divided. More so when Trump came into the office. And it's become more so with Trump in the, when he entered the White House. We have a very divided, divisive America. Uh, I, to be honest, I, I, it's too much for me. I would prefer we have a little bit calmer discussions. And I, that's why I actually appreciate this type of show. And when you told, told me we were going to talk about CRT mm. and I saw David Moser was a guest, I was very happy to join because we're having a discussion. And yes, there could be accused of little tension, but I'm actually very happy to have this debate with Moser because these are, you know, if we can have these discussions in a calm and dignified manner like we're doing right now, this is great. But unfortunately, what we have in America is people screaming at each other, both Democrats and Republicans. And it's it's really sad and heartbreaking to see. Mm. David? Yeah, well, I certainly agree. Um, these issues, uh, this is not the beginning of these issues. We're right in the middle of it. And mm. uh, when, in terms of race, we're finding out that, in fact, 
these 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 issues we thought had been solved in the 60s and 70s with civil rights movements and you know uh, we now have a universally recognized Martin Luther King Day and everything that everything is now hunky dory and it's absolutely absolutely turns out it's not it's not the case um, that there are still tensions within society uh, and the fact that you know people of color are doing better still you know doesn't uh, solve the problem because there's still the problem of differentiation and there's also the problem of acknowledging any past uh, racial injustice will involve some kind of feelings of guilt uh, I mean it's 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 not rational to feel that way but mm. it's it's a, a sort of reasonable human response the hostess mentioned the fact that the the Japanese educational system sometimes keeps out issues like the Nanjing massacre out of their textbooks mm. uh, not because they think that anyone in the <laughs> that's going to school there is personally guilty of that atrocity mm-hmm. it's because it's, it's historically embarrassing and you don't want to talk about it so there is there is that uh, there is also people who want to take advantage of that those racial injustices for power also i mean the people who are in the extreme left they're also power mongers many of them and they can they would they sometimes use race as a way to to gain uh notoriety power and so forth it's all about uh in the media and american politics it's it's all about power and and money and uh getting people to side with you so so yeah but i agree with tom also that um you know, we do need to have more conversations like this where we lay the issues out and we discuss them calmly. And it's great to have a, a Chinese uh, third party, <laughs> maybe not a, <laughs> an, an, a, a, you know, a disinterested one, but someone who can see from the outside too and to also be a, sort of a, a negotiator, someone who can come up with a third. So yeah, I, th- I think it's great. Uh, I'm not optimistic. I'm mm-hmm. sure Tom isn't either. I think it's going to be really, really bad for a long time. That there's these decisions, these things don't have an easy solution, and I think it might even get worse before it gets better. But I mean, the only hope is is that we need to get more people who are willing to c- coolly and calmly and rationally discuss the issues and try to come to some some solutions. Mm. I'm a person who always want to find some silver lining in, in a cloud. So, um, Dr. Zhao. From your perspective, I know we cannot turn back time and go back to uh, where this ban hasn't been introduced in some um, Republican states. But or if you can see any positive influence of this kind of uh, moves there, probably you can enlighten us. I don't know I have a you know, positive message in this, but I think uh, we have to see a larger picture because this is not a a localized single phenomena. Mm-hmm. We are experiencing a global revival of nationalism, of racism, and uh, of you know all kinds of ideological struggle uh, that related to race, ethnicity, uh, different language, culture, history. So it's I think it, this world is going more and more complicated and uh, self-conflicting um, in the United States. In the United States, of course, you you have a sort of cultural war going on, but mm-hmm. in Europe. And in other parts of the world, this is also on the rise. So I think we have to keep a vigilant uh, eye on the potential uh, rising of this very divisive, divisive issues. Mm. And in particular, I think there's a very bad phenomenon that in the United States uh, that could cause even more chaos. For instance, in social media, nowadays, uh, people are used to ban this 
kind of language or that kind of opinion. This infringement of freedom of speech is growing into a bigger and bigger problem. Mm. So now recent days we heard about, you know, uh, Elon Musk is going to take over Twitter and probably invite President Trump back in. And other things could happen uh, when you have a struggle of control of social media, making things even worse. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, uh, of course, is that we have a, just like today, we have a calm discussion of the issue and to uh, have a common understanding or even better, find a better solution mm. than today's uh, problem. But the thing started from the universities in the United States. And I, I worry that in the future days, this might lead to a you know, problem of even further destruction of social science and hu humanities uh, in, in the United States uh, universities, because I heard that a tenure system is now under threat. Mm -hmm. So that means even if you have tenure, you may not secure uh, your teaching position in the future. Mm -hmm. And uh, during my days in the United States, when I apply for funding, for instance, uh, I lost to somebody who's doing CRT, I think, and I'm doing developing countries industrialization research. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, it's been uh, sort of bent towards that CRT funding for decades now. And I don't think that's a fair game because when you put too much money into into supporting one kind of theory, it really leads to some problems because you have other parties who are having different ideas feeling that they're being disadvantaged. So I think the problem in uh, right now facing us is how to achieve fair and balanced and just world. And different interest groups, different parties have different ideas. And to achieve to struck a balance mm. in the future is very difficult. And I think the U.S. will show us uh, as the world's uh, you know, leading country will show us whether or not they can achieve that. And hopefully they can achieve that. Mm. That's very illuminating. So I think um, at least one lesson we can draw from this uh, issue or what's happening right now in the United States is that one need to give it a full or careful consideration before one makes a decision, especially when the decision can cause very serious consequences. And with that, we've come to the end of today's chat. Many thanks to Dr. Zhao Hai, Research Fellow at the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences, Associate Professor David Moser from Beijing Capital Normal University, and author and commentator Thomas Paukin II for sharing your insights with us. Hope you enjoyed our chat. And you can have a you can leave a review for us either on the topic or on the show. Please subscribe to the chat lounge for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Tuyun. Thank you for being with us. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.